back to another episode of Real Estate Renovators. Now, I know you're probably all wondering what on earth this is. This is my watermelon gift from our next guest who you're about to hear from, Mr. Andy Reid. Now, before we introduce Andy, I'd like to introduce my fabulous fellow co-host. I've got Jason Statham to the left or Bruce Wills, whatever, whatever you think. <laughs> How are you, Bill? I'm great. I'm great. And um, you look smashing there with that melon. I'm, Thank I'm you. really interested to see what goes on in that interview when we start talking more about melons. She's a beautiful melon. Do you yeah. mind taking her sure, for a moment? Sure, I'll hold your melon Thank for you. Thank you, Just be Re gentle with her, Thank please. Thank you. Always gentle with melons. Rexy. Thank you. <laughs> How well, guys. You just I took away my intro and to the Persian princess to my princess. right. Princess. I've been dying to say that, okay. Bill. Rexy, it. how are you? I'm very well, guys. I'm actually really looking forward to today's episode. Uh, as Chanel's pointed out, Andy Reid. Phenomenal trainer, phenomenal person. What's he call himself? The professional, the professional human. human. Mm. So here we go to the professional human. So here we are, Mr. Andy Reid. Uh, as our narrator probably introduced you with, with you know, the, the, the most energy that we could have for any other guest. We're, we're so excited to have you here today, Andy. And may I say firstly, thank you so much for my watermelon that you gifted me with the big bow on it. Uh, very much appreciated. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, look, you you got to tune in before you broadcast, right? And and we've had various conversations at various times. It generally ends up in how much melon have you been eating recently, yeah. um, which is sort of indicative of the level of, con of conversation we tend to have, right? I but think we need some context with this, right? Why? Well, I think the audience is going to be like, can you elaborate on the on the melon? Andy once asked me, what is my favorite meal? Oh, we're talking about food. And I said, I eat a bowl of watermelon a day. Which I think which I think is a little bit weird. But yeah, I don't, we're going to get a poll up if people think that this is weird. And then you said, have you ever had a whole melon? I said, one summer, a couple of years ago, I had a whole melon. And we were going to set a challenge, weren't we? We were yes. going to set a challenge of doing an interview whilst eating melon. We no, should have been eating melon right now. We're going to start a band. I was going to do the ukulele. Yes. A band or whatever. Watermelon. It's, yeah. Anyway, we're on a tangent now. Andy, thank <laughs> you so much for being a part of our show. So I want to dive right in with, with one of my first questions. Mm -hmm. So. You have trained some of Australia's most successful agents. And I would argue that your training method is, is quite unique. Mm -hmm. um, what are the most common habits you see in successful agents? In the really successful ones, it's, it's, it's really quite easy, to be honest. Um, everyone, all agents go through a phase of they, they work fairly hard and then they'll try and work smarter, not harder. And then they do both. Mm. And the really successful ones do both. Um, that, that phrase of, uh, you know, working smart and not harder for me is just mm. a big crock. Um, I just think it's rubbish. And the thing when, when it comes to all these bits of technology, all this fancy stuff, right, um, is that it, for a lot of agents, they feel that they can bring in technology and it makes their lives easier. No, it just gives you more time to be more human more of the time. And, and that's what you should be doing in your role, right? That's what people are paying you to do. Otherwise, they just go get the transaction done by a solicitor or something like mm, that, right? Mm. So, um, so the, the most successful ones have got that in their head. Mm. They, they, they know that they need to work their asses off as well as working in an intelligent way um, because the whole game is about scale of human connection. That's the whole game. It's got, st it's got nothing to do with property. It really doesn't. Um, it's, it's about scaling the level of influence that you have in a very, very human way so that you can create a multiple volume of connections that are gonna last you a lifetime from a career point of view. You know what I like? It's not about houses, it's about people. And one of the most common things I see in recruitment and something that my, a, lot, a lot of my real estate clients would say is that someone goes into the, to an interview and they say, why real estate? And they say, because I love houses. 
the industry has nothing to do with houses, right? It's about how you interact with people and how you understand people. So I, I really couldn't agree more with oh, you on that topic. A hundred percent. I always said that I actually don't have any care for houses. In any way, I am the shittest individual when it comes to DIY, right? <laughs> yeah. oh, fuck, I'm so bad. Um, and I don't care about property. I really don't. However... Um, whenever anybody used to ask me when I was a frontline agent, whenever they asked me what I used to do, I always used to say, look, I help people advance their lives mm. and I use real estate as the vehicle. Um, and and I, could, I could use anything as a vehicle. It just happens to be real estate at that point in my life. Mm. Um, you know, right now it's my energy and, and whatnot that I'm using as a vehicle to help real estate agents to improve their lives, to take the next big step in their lives yeah. by using their careers as the vehicle. Yeah. Um, that's that's all everything is. I like that. Something else you touched on when, when you were speaking um, is, is technology. And it's something that in this season we're talking a lot about. Yeah. Um, possibly because we have Bill on our show who's uh, the CFL Prop Tech Group. Yeah. Um, but I like what you said about technology, right? Technology is not going to make your life easier, but it's going to take away the, the parts of your job that aren't involved with the most fundamental part of the role, which mm. is interacting with people. Yep. So getting on listings, selling properties and dealing with clients, it's not going to make your job easier, essentially, but it's going to stop the tasks that aren't dollar productive. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, I mean, look, the way, I, the way that I see it is, um, if you were to look at, the, look at the role and dissect it up, about 80% of what agents do could be automated, could be, could be uh, made a lot easier, a lot quicker, a lot more efficient via technology. But we get paid for the 20%. Yeah. That is the value that we bring. Now, one of the biggest problems, and this is by because of the way that the real estate industry is being drilled by coaches, trainers, leaders, um, is there's just there's so much focus on the transaction, how to get more, how to win more listings, right? Um, when essentially the actual transaction is binary because it's all bound by legislation, it's all bound by paperwork, right? Uh, an auction is binary. It sells or it doesn't. The variable in which we show how much value we actually bring to a transaction is the big gray bit in the middle, which is, uh, which is um, brought about by the one big uncertainty in life, which is the, the, it's, there's one big certainty, which is the uncertainty of human behavior. Mm. Eight billion people on the planet and no, no two are wide the same. Mm. That's the bit that we provide value with. Like I said, the th and, it, and it really does, and I'm really trying hard not to get my high horse with this because- Please, um, get, get on the high horse. This is what, we're, this is what our audience wants. We want the, 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 the cold, hard truths. The, so get right on it and, and it, gallop away. Like for me, um, you know, there's, so I, I feel very strongly about the need for a balance of EQ and IQ mm. in order to create truly inspired action in the people that you want to that you want to work with. Um, I cannot stand people that call themselves experts when they go into any listing presentation with the way that they've been taught. So this is the plan. I like this. Yeah. This is the plan. This is the way. You, this is the best way to go about selling your home, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor. Well, for me, that's kind of like a doctor already telling you what medicine they're going to give you without hearing all the symptoms, mm. you're going to get ill, right? Or you might be lucky, the doctor might be lucky and get the prescription right, but that's what a lot of agents essentially have been drilled into 
working like and performing like and acting like. Mm. So there's certain large brands, there's certain large brands, organize, brand organizations, um, like one or two of the biggest franchise groups in the country that I used to enjoy going up against because I knew exactly how they were going to play. Right, I knew exactly how they were going to play, and the great thing for me that a lot of my competitors didn't like was that they never knew how I was going to play in each scenario. But, but I didn't mean for that to be the case. That wasn't a strategic thing. That was just me thinking, right? I'm going to become. I'm, I'm going to make sure that my IQ is as good as it gets, right? Because then I can focus on engaging my EQ with that person and their situation, so that I can take all of that and then apply my knowledge to suit their situation. That's the definition of a true expert, mm. to be so comfortable in their knowledge and their awareness of how the game's played so that they can apply that knowledge to the vendor situation, not the other way around. Mm. The vast majority of agents will do the square peg round hole thing mm. and then jam the shit out of it down, yeah. down there, right? Whereas the, and this is probably the only other bit that the top, the top, top, top echelon of performers have is that, they can explain not just what they do or how they do it, they can explain why they do it. Mm. Um, and that's how I've been trying, I've been training uh, the Century 21 network uh, mm. more recently, is getting them out of that whole, and getting the directors to stop just giving, making their agents, their soldiers, one script wonders, one, one plan wonders, um, because you get Because they're dealing out. with people, right? You, there's no cut and copy way to deal with people. 100%. You have to cater each interaction, right? Yeah, and, it, and, it, and, and there's just so many variables. You know, it's not just about money. It's about time. It's about stress. It's about what minds, what headspace are they in? Especially like kicking around right now. It's it's nuts. Um, and our role as listing agents is to remove any unnecessary anxiety. There's one big anxiety that we can't remove, and that's uh, what the market's prepared to pay. We can't, we can't get rid of that one. Everything else is controllable, but the problem is that a agents focus way too much on the transaction and the, and, and, and the numbers and, and getting the deal done, where, by, where, but the problem is if they'd actually focus on the situation, the deal is binary. Do you think this is pressure from their directors? Because in the end, oh, real estate, yeah. it's, it's sales, right? You've got to oh. have X amount of transactions. So it's stemming from the top, right? Yeah, 100%. So these agents that are out there trying to get the deal done because they're getting pressure from, from the top saying, get the deal done, get the next listing and get more listings. So it's just you're on this constant hamster wheel. Yeah. What needs to change? Um, look, they, look, at the end of the day, the P&L doesn't lie. And I'm talking about, I'm hammering on about EQ, right? I, you have to have IQ, and this is and this is the problem, right? Because some agents have gone completely the other way and try to be all like, "Oh, I want to be your friend. I, I want to know all about your life, and oh, I want to play the violin for you while you tell me a sob story," right? Which is that's bollocks as well, um, right? Because ultimately, for those high emotion situations, we have to bring everything back to IQ because that's mm. where logic and reason lives, and the P and L doesn't lie. So that's where I understand that ultimately there's bills to be paid and money does make the world go round. And I, that is not lost on me. I'm a very logical person mm. in a number of aspects, right? I'm, I'm educated in engineering. So I have to be good with numbers. Like that's, that's what I do essentially. But at the same time, and, and this is where I actually had an article come out uh, the other week and I was so grateful that they, they actually quoted me verbatim because most... Uh, newspapers or articles or, or journalists or media people, they always sort of edit my swear word, they edit everything out. Um, but I had one quote 
from there sent to me as, as a picture from so many people um, when I was quoted as saying, let's be honest, the barometer for success in this industry has been fucked for a long time. I did say that. See? Yeah. And everybody's, everybody's like raving about that one particular quote. And, and it's true. And it's true. I mean, look, let's talk about GCI, right, for, for an example. So everybody, you know, beats the chest because they're a million dollar. I wrote $2 million. Look at me. I'm amazing. Blah, blah, blah. Um, where's your net profit? Mm. What's your net GCI? Mm. No, what's your net commission income, right? So that for me is the most important part because mm. you could be writing $2 million, right, in GCI. Good for you. But what if you're only taking home like a couple hundred grand because you're blowing it all on stupid stuff, right? And this um, is where the ego of the industry comes uh, into play. And this is something that, that you talk about. <laughs> and this is one of Andy's, I mean, I wouldn't say favorite topics, but yeah. it's something that I think the real estate industry really needed this because there are either so much smoky mirrors and there's so much, so much of a facade behind it. Yeah. What you see is not the reality of, of, of what is in the industry. And, mm. and I personally, I find it so frustrating as well because I see young people coming into my office interviewing for jobs with their fake Rolexes on and they're nothing wrong with the short pants and the no sock shoot, but they're, they're young. Well, <laughs> Rex, hide! I, I'm a big socks Kidding. fan. No, I, I clocked it about 20 minutes ago, right? <laughs> so I was just refraining because I'm in his ass. So I'm, I've got to be, I'm just being, I'm just being courteous and polite. But it's sad though, because I see these young ones coming in and they're trying to replicate what they think is the epitome of success by faking it until you oh. make it and you know financing Mercedes on a $40,000 retainer salary. And I'm thinking, what the hell? This is not This is not how you measure success in this industry. No, it, all right, so we need to define this, right? Because at the minute, the commentary about uh, this sort of stuff is, you know, uh, uh, Fuck off the Lambos, do that, you know, fuck off all the shiny suits, you don't need to do that. And there's a there's a commentary uh, from, a, from a whole big part of the industry that it's about people, you know, you shouldn't be doing that, you shouldn't be looking like that, blah, 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 blah. Um, I'm going to take a slightly different tact on it because if Lambos are your thing and, and that's what you love to have and own and buy and you don't want to spend your money on socks, you'd rather spend it on cool stuff like that, fucking go for it, go for your life. I ain't gonna judge you for being materialistic in that respect, right? Just cause it's not my vibe, mm. I ain't gonna judge you for having that vibe, mm. right? But what I have got a massive problem with is, is that, that saying that you just said before, that fake it till you make it thing. I don't care for that. If you've got a lamb, blah, 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 that's cool. But you better well fucking be able to back it. Mm. You better be able to back that style. You know what substance. though? I think people have misinterpreted it. Fake it till you make it, for me, would be, I'm, I'm not safe, I mean, not me personally, most people know I'm very confident, but I'm not confident right now going into say a listing presentation, but I'm gonna act confident because I need to give, I need to give that energy, not fake it, I'm gonna wear a Gucci jumper when I've got $20 in the bank. There's two different perceptions you can look at it, right? Yeah. But what frustrates me, right, is that if you genuinely love Gucci and you're buying it because you love that brand, buy it. Mm. You're buying Gucci because you see John real estate wearing Gucci and you think that's what, you know, your friends are going to think equals success, then I've got a problem with yeah. it, right? And yeah. I think this is where real estate, ego and fake perceptions are all going hand in hand. And I'm so glad you're here to shake that out of people and go, what are you doing? This yeah. is embarrassing. And you're the only one in the industry that's really talking out about it. And I am here for it. Yeah, well, look, I, I, we've got to be careful, right, when it comes to that whole faking confidence as well. So I understand that a lot of people 
um, that, that are new to the industry and so on and so forth. And mm. um, there is that sense that you do need to come across as confident and right. But realistically, and, and I've been thinking about this for quite some time, I've been studying what the ego actually is and represents, right? Because the ego comes in, in many different forms. It comes in the Lambo where Lambo driving, uh, boot heel riding, all that sort of Ric Flair type stuff, right? Um, but there's also a part to ego that can prevent you from being really, really successful as well, because the ego is just a safety mechanism, right? Um, that's all it is. It's the, the ego can be, um, you know, trying to protect vulnerability and shrouding you in a, in a level of fake confidence that hopefully gets you across the line with certain things, whether it's work or life or whatever the case may be. I think there's, uh, I think, un I think vulnerability is 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 un is underrated massively. Um, you know, I used to win more business than I didn't because I, to a fault, sometimes I am so transparent. So I I used to say to, and again, I did this only because it was for myself. Mm. When my daughter was born, I, I that was when I started going into a bit of a tailspin with my mental health, and I used to use any excuse to go do some work. My wife um, made me take every other Wednesday off to be with my daughter because otherwise I'd never see her. And so I used to say, and I didn't mean this in any way, shape or form, but I was just being me. And I'd say to potential vendors, look, you can get hold of me any time of day, any day of the week, except for every other Wednesday. Mm. And they'd say, why? And I said, because that's when I'm with my daughter. And as mm. I'm sure you can appreciate, she's more important than anybody else on this planet. I was just saying it being me and being real and being vulnerable in that regard because a lot of agents don't feel that they can afford mm. to be vulnerable. They can't afford they can't afford to show that they have a life mm. and they have families mm. and they have you know and they have it's perception, right? They don't, they want the perception that they're that perfection. They are always there. But people I think COVID's shifted that, right? COVID to, I think, to, to some extent vulnerability being shared particularly on online now there's a huge push for that and discussions around mental health and speaking up and i think that i think it was coming and i think COVID's amplified it mm. because in these times when you don't have no one cares who you are no one cares if you've got a lamborghini or, or whatever you've got right we're all in the same position we're yeah. all collectively going through one traumatic experience and that i think is going to shift the industry because vulnerability and asking someone how are you and someone actually saying i'm not doing well yeah that COVID's forced us to do that so i think we're going to see a bit of a shift in the real estate industry coming out of COVID. so going on a bit of a tangent here andy yes um, as we as we tend to do i mean we're both in the, the industry to some all extent all the best shit comes from tangents doesn't it yeah, i couldn't agree more yep i want to draw it back Sure. Particularly for my audience. When yep. I say my audience, I'm going to talk about the, the people that are wanting to get into the industry. For cool. example, if I started, right, as a new agent today, yep. what should I focus on? Talk me through like day, like exactly what I should focus on in the first six months of being in the industry. Learn as much of the IQ components as you possibly can, right? Mm. Ask everybody around you what's the biggest mistakes they've made. Because if you can learn from their mistakes, it means you don't have to make them. Right, so that's the, one of the first key things that I would say. Can I to ask, them. what's the biggest mistake you've made? Uh, <laughs> how long have you got? Um, biggest mistake I've made. Probably the biggest mistake that I ever made was tr was probably in my first uh, 10, 11 months of real estate when I was pretending to be something I'm not. 
that was the, that was probably the worst time. And he was sending me into, into a tailspin. In what to what extent? Like dressing a certain way, speaking a certain way. Like what? what oh, definitely speaking a certain way goes into part of it because I mean, being Johnny Foreigner and in the way that I talk and the fact that I talk really quickly at times as well. Um, you know, I really had to try to not be me in that respect and and. Look, my the office environment I was in was slightly different in the in the respect that it was my father-in-law's office, right? And and so I had that extra duty I felt to make as much money as I possibly could for him. Um, and and he was he was good in what in that res in some respects, but um, it was you know constantly the textbook of the old school textbook mm. of real estate that for me for the love of god keeps getting brought out and repackaged and rebadged and rehashed by all of these three bob trainers that are just trying to milk suck from the teat of real estate right um and i was trying to stick to it because i was trying to do what my father was trying to get, tell me to do all the time and it was just killing me mm. it was absolutely killing me um and it was hilarious right my first week i sold three properties in my first week i've never been in the game and then because i was then like right now you got to start looking at textbook blah 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 blah. i did fuck all the next month right and then i was putting myself into such a spin and then about 10 11 months in um and i've got to give credit to him here there was we had an off chance catch up with uh, a guy called Neek Stewart who he was actually on his way to a different office to do some training and he, thankfully he just came swung in and spent 20 minutes with us right and he uh, talked his the way that he talks about goals and so on and so forth um, really was a massive unlock for me because uh, I never really sort of had that talk to me really mm. Mm. Um, and then after that, I did a bit of soul searching and, and whatnot, threw the textbook out and I was like, right, fuck it. I'm gonna be me. And if people gravitate towards me, great. But if they don't, I'm gonna have a much clearer conscience. Point one, I'm gonna feel so I'm gonna feel so much better about myself because I know that I've given it my best shot according to the way that I swing the bat. Mm. Right? So um, after that, and it was literally, I, I re sometimes refer to it as a bit of a matrix moment, like where Neo gets shot, right? So he's trying to fake about, fake who he is. Mm. And he's trying to pretend to be this guy that everyone's thinking that he is. And then he gets shot to the point where he flatlines and then he wakes up and realize, and actually becomes who he is, mm. right? I love the mythology around like superheroes and all this sort of stuff. It's something I'm really digging into recently. And, and, um, he just wakes up and understands who he is. I woke up and I understood who I was in the game. Like I saw the game for what it really, really was and understood that if me, the human can rock and roll, the money will take care of itself. Correct. Yeah. Now, money's a byproduct of doing the right things. And by having people. authenticity, right? I think that's a big word. It is a big word, but we've got to be careful not to feed too much from the wanker basket of words, right? Because <laughs> there is a big, big wanker basket yeah. of words that have been bastardized. It gets by... thrown around too much, right? Or yes. be authentic, be you. But the people authenticity, that saying it, yeah. integrity, um, you know, all those real wank bag words that um, generally people have in their values. Oh, fuck, get... it's in my company values. There you go, now, right? Now I feel embarrassed. Uh, right, but you got, but this is the thing, right? Values and, and, and some of these buzzwords and whatnot, that's all they've been treated as is the thing at the time, right? They've been treated as fashionable. They've been treated as trendy. You've got to believe as... in it. You gotta, you've got to fuck. live by them, and, right? And, and, and the thing is, and I'm really getting going here now, that's why I'm swearing a bit, is 
You can't say that you're authentic. You can't sell to someone that you are you are authentic. It you either to, are or you're, or you're not. not. Yeah. You're either real or you're a crap or you're a shitbag artist, right? You're yeah. just a bullshit artist. Yeah. And the thing is, that's fine. But fucking well own it, right? If and and this is where I had a bit of a I had a bit of a dig at a, a COO of a major brand network, and it kind of got me into a little bit of bother with a couple of people, and um, because. He did this article around how uh, real estate agents can learn from how McDonald's is functions and serves and so on and so forth, right? And mm. um, that is a business model. That is a particular type of business model that can work for people that don't give a fuck about humans, right? That just want to make the money, make the dough, make things happen, blah, blah. Fine. Again, it's like the Lambos. If that's the way you want to roll, mm. totally cool with it, all right? Mm. Mm. But fucking well own it. Mm. Don't say you don't have that business model and then claim to actually give a shit about and actually have your client's best interests at heart. The two can't coincide, they, they just can't. Now I do feel that some people do go too far the other way mm. and they think they're doing everything by the client or not, but then they end up with fucking pennies yeah. at the bottom end of it's, the PL, so You've got to find the equilibrium, right? right? And that's the balance of EQ and IQ that I'm trying to drill through to the industry. Um, and that's why I've been referring to myself and, and as the professional human because it was it was back in the day when I was in hospitality, right? I was in I was I used to run bars and restaurants and hotels and shit back mm, in the day, mm. and and there was there used to be this whole text thing where you could text. It was like a text service. You can ask anyone any questions. Any you can ask this text service any question. It would give you an answer, right? And I, a, a regular of our bar text the question as a joke. Who's the best? Who's the best member of staff in Revolution Clapham Junction? And fuck it, don't know how it came up, right? But the response that it got was Andy, because he's a cheeky bastard, but fuck, he knows what he's doing. And that, for me, I was like, that's, I love it. I, I'm a cheeky bastard at times, right? I don't mind taking a piss because uh, my old man, he didn't impart too much wisdom on me, but one thing he did say was if you can't laugh at yourself, you shouldn't be laughing at anybody Couldn't else, agree more. Right? Couldn't agree more. And as a lot of you may have seen on my social media, I don't give a fuck about myself. Like, I'm happy to be laughed at, right? If it provides people with a bit of comfort, sweet. Happy as Larry with that. Um, but that balance and, and what it could, the point that I made earlier, the people that are getting into the game, you need to know your shit and there is no shortcut around that. You need to know your shit. Mm. Until you know your shit, you can't be truly confident going into a listing presentation. Yeah. You can't fake it. Yeah. Because you'll try and do this fake confidence thing, right? Because you're trying to get your first piece of business and all this sort of shit. And then a vendor will ask you a question that you don't know. Do you know what's even interesting that I'm finding now, right? With sales agents going in to meet with clients, interviews. The agents that actually show, particularly in the interview process, a little bit of vulnerability, they're a little bit nervous or they're a little bit gidgety. Gidgety, is that a word? Gidgety? Fidgety. Fidgety. Maybe. <laughs> Gidgety, fidgety. I don't know. But we can, we can make it in Clients love it because it's endearing, because it shows that they're actually, they're quite upfront with their emotions, that they're showing their nerves, because that in return shows that they've got this willingness to learn. Whereas the ones that are going into interviews straight away with this false sense of ego, oh, I can, you know, I'm a million dollar agent. It's bullshit, right? Oh, look, and, and we have, as human beings, we have a DNA thing built into us to smell bullshit a mile off. Yeah. We can smell danger, and that's what it is. We can smell danger a million miles away. If I'm trying to sell my family home and someone comes in 
and I just get a slight whiff, an aura, a, a slight chink or any shred of doubt in my mind that you can look after my biggest asset financially in my life to the best of anyone's ability, game over. I don't give a fuck. I don't want to know you. Yeah. Right? And that's all because it comes, I've got to protect my family here. If I don't feel that I can trust you to help me protect my family, fuck off. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Such a fascinating conversation. I think one thing Andy, you know, really talks about is that, that no bullshit, no ego approach to real estate, which I think is something that's really important. Um, something, a, a real key, you know, topic that we brought out was uh, agents that don't wear socks. Agents and lawyers, apparently. It's laziness. <laughs> Bill, what did you think? Oh, look, I, I really enjoyed it. I love his energy. And one of the things that he talked about in a, a quote that he's known for is the barometer of success in this industry is fucked. Mm. And he talks about how uh, everyone concentrates on GCI, but not on profit. And it's that ego push of getting more GCI, but not, not necessarily making more profit in a business and that's I love his true. rawness I love how he's so true and so raw to that point and it's true like end of the day it's not what you bring in it's what you take home yeah. um, and a lot of agents don't realise that you know it's, it is what you take home in the, mm. the end of the day um, and unfortunately there needs to be more focus on that and I think a lot of it we talk about, you know, there's no script for sales. I mean, sure, there's a particular structure that you need to sort of, you know, undertake to get from list to sell. But how that structure is pushed through a lot of corporate offices is scripts and dialogue, whereas Andy really talks about the fact that it's human to human interaction. And how best can you relate to human beings in your field? So we need to really stop that sales bullshit and start actually understanding human beings. And I think that's something you do really well at MA Legal Rex. You know oh, your clients, right? Tell you. us a little bit about that. Uh, look, I like to build a rapport with my clients. And I don't think every every client is different. And every time every client that comes to me is entrusted me with their with their matter. It may be small from a law firm point of view, but it's important to them. So mm. what I've always preached to my the lawyers and my team is treat it as it's if it's your grandma's mm. matter. It's it's important and you need to take the time. You, that cookie cutter approach of putting what Andy said, putting a circle in a square hole doesn't work. It doesn't work. It, and it's not I mean, mine mine's pretension is different. So professional service, not that real estate isn't, but you know, what a lot of its agents do seem to follow that McDonald's approach um, and it should stop. Mm, I agree. What do you think, Bill? Yeah, no, he talks about, um, you know, when, when you're going into a, a client's home, it's the, this is often the biggest asset they've got and it's so important to them to do the right thing by that asset and, and just being empathetic and, and helping them along their way um, in, in that journey, not just following a, a really cookie cutter approach to sales. And he talks about the McDonald's scenario. I love bit. that analogy. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah. And um, that makes a lot of sense to me that, you know, it's not just about getting in there, getting the deal done. You know, it's that focus on the deals, but it's about you know, helping a client with a massive asset, right? Mm. So yeah. I couldn't agree more. And I think the perception of the industry needs to shift a little bit as well. So Andy, I'm getting the cut from the producer that it's time to wrap it up. Although I think there's so many other topics I want to chat to you we've about. We've got too. some watermelon to eat. We've got, some, we've got a bloody watermelon to eat. Um, but one of my questions are, Andy, and, I, and this is what I really want you to sort of direct at the audience. Mm -hmm. What are the, some of the strategies you have agents use to adapt and be successful in a COVID world? And how do you turn a mediocre agent into a million dollar writing agent? Can you give us some like distinctive tips, right? Like step one. Mm -hmm. call 50 people like can you give us some really cemented tips for these agents who are who are watching um so with regards to the covid side of things mm. um 
people are focusing, agents are focusing on the wrong thing. Hmm. They're focusing too much on the technology. They're focusing too much on the differences and all that sort of stuff. Transactions not changed. Mm. It hasn't changed at all. Um, and realistically, the difference between those that are fucked right now and those that are kicking goals left, right and center, it's got nothing to do with COVID at all. It's got nothing to do with COVID. It's got nothing to do with technology. It's all up here. They are using COVID as an excuse to not get shit done. And that's what shits me. That shits me to tears that the volume of people, the volume of agents that within their vernacular right now, they say, they say the word COVID and automatically their head tilts, right? Because they think that like, like the world's ending, right? Mm. I have an agent client of mine who is operating in the outer southeastern suburbs of Melbourne. Not a glamour area, right? Not a glamour area at all. Growth corridor, Packingham, opposite that area. Um, during the month of August, which was completely locked down in Melbourne, he sold 16 properties. How? Virtually. He did virtual inspections and sold six, and he is a straight shooter. Was he still prospecting he at this time? Yeah, he does not bullshit. He does not do any of the stuff that some agents are doing, which is showing inspections on the sly and all this sort of stuff, making up some bullshit excuse like it's a final inspection or something like that when it's just the first inspection. We know it's happening, gang, all right? And that's where the government needs to wake up in that regard um, and regulate it better. Um, he just focused on, right, what do I need to do to help keep keep my people moving forward mm. in the transaction? Mm. And so that's what he focused on. And he just focused on doing what he loves doing and doing what he keeps on doing. And then he just goes, right, how do I need to keep doing that? I need to do that? Fine. So just block block out the rest of the world and just focus on you, you, your key tasks. Yeah, people have, people have, have jailed themselves into being a victim of, I agree. of, of COVID. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for me, uh, look, for me, I've had way bigger challenges than COVID, right? Last year, um, last year, uh, the first lockdown got announced on the 26th of March or whatever it was. Seven days later, I found out my dad was terminal with cancer. Seven days after that, my mum had my mum found out Gosh. that she had cancer as well, right? On the other side of the world, right? So Easter weekend, um, after getting you know uh, uh, permission from the government and all that sort of stuff. Um, I fly over to England and stay in England for six weeks. And that's why I, that's when I ended up doing an auction in England, in England yeah. for a property in Forest Hill, Victoria, right? The technology was irrelevant. It was right. How do I need, how, what do I need to do to make this transaction happen for my clients, i.e. the agent, right, at the time? So it was just the only real nuance was the time zone difference. I just needed to make sure that I was going to be awake. But you could have very easily thrown so many excuses under the sun at that point to, to not deliver, right? Mm. You're on the other side of the world. You've got terminally ill parents. There's a global pandemic happening. Yeah. You still, you still turned up. Yeah, but I'm not, a, I'm not a hero in any way, shape or form. I think I you am, are. I think nah, that that bollocks. takes a lot of courage. No, bollocks. What I am, what I do have, and this, and it comes, kind of comes back to the ego thing. I have no ego. Therefore, I've not got to keep up appearances to anyone. Mm. And that's one, and that's probably one of the bigger things that's that's locking a lot of agents down right now from a COVID point. Because shit, I'm not doing all these deals, and I'm not like being able to beat my chest quite as much anymore. Because uh, you know, and oh fuck, and then and it really constrains them. Um, I actually, and I've been, I was saying this all last year. COVID was the great leveler. It put everybody on the same level. Correct. And and the game was there to be won. Mm. 
the game was there to be won. I just went and won. That's, that was it. And I think, I think that that not having an ego in any way, shape or form just allowed me to go, fuck it. And that's where, you know, I did a live show in the second lockdown and I committed to it seven days a week. I remember that. Right? And I, did I was it. your first guest, wasn't you were I? One of, you were up there. You were one of them, yeah. You actually <laughs> were. And, and I did it from a shed. And I did it off my laptop. And my sound was shit. And and, and also, but you owned that, I remember. You were like, guys. I think you don't call everyone guys. What do you call them, folks? Uh, campers, campers, folks, team, gang. Campers, gang. Uh, yeah, you so, had like a milk crate and yeah. your laptop. And then you had a lamp. And you were like, this, no, is, this, is, this is my setup. That was Irish. Yeah, that was nowhere near your accent. No, well, look, the, the real ironic thing was last year, my uh, setup was my laptop on the top of a set of Corona boxes. That's right. Get the that. irony of that, right? Get the irony of that. Um, um, but I, I was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna do. And because I just did, instead of worried about the quality and all that sort of, yes, there is a place for quality. It's like, again, but it's an EQ and IQ thing. Yes, there is a time and a place for quality, but when it's time for action, when people are stuck, they need action. It's like when vendors aren't selling, they need to feel like they're always moving forward. Mm. As soon as they feel they're stuck, that's when your credibility as, a, as an agent comes into play. Mm. Last year, lots of people were stuck. So if you were able to just keep moving forward and show a way for other people to keep moving forward, you won the game. And that's what this agent do is doing down in Pakenham. And that's what lots of other people, and there's always winners and losers out of every situation. Just pick which one you want to be. Mm. It's not hard. Mm. I like it. I like it. Andy, I'm well and truly getting, I think my, the producer give me the finger now. That's mm. extremely rude, isn't it? No, I'm right. just joking. You're an absolute legend. I had can't thank you enough for being a part of the show. You've had so much value. No doubt we're going to get you on again because there's just, there's so many topics that I want to unpack with you <laughs> that I think the audience will really benefit from because it's a no bullshit, no ego, pure insight into the industry and the people in the industry that I think real estate really needs right now. So mm. um, I'm also craving that watermelon. So it's time we boot it, but thank you so much for being a part of our show. Andy Reid will leave all of his social handles below. Um, thank you so much again, Andy. Thank and thanks so everyone for watching. Thank you so much for having me. That's so true. A lot of people have been using this COVID as an excuse not to do work. Like, oh, I can't do this because of COVID. I can't do that because of COVID. And you know, the ones that are succeeding, and there's a lot of people are succeeding in this COVID world, is they're working harder or they're working. They, don't, they haven't let it stop them. Mm. Um, and I know I've been busier than ever during COVID, but it hasn't stopped me. How's your experience been? It stems from the top, right? I mean, something I say to my team is, let's just let, let's just focus on what we what we can focus on, right? So these are the roles we've got on at the moment. Push everything aside and focus on it. So we can't look at everything as a whole because things have changed and things have shifted. But there is there is dollar productivity there. There's there's jobs to be done. There's work to be done. Um, we've had I wouldn't say our biggest months during COVID, but we've had pretty enormous months in terms of billing who you wouldn't think a recruitment agency would be billing the, the amounts that we are during COVID, but it's about focusing on the dollar productive activities and blocking out the background noise. What do you reckon, Bill? Yeah, I just loved that. I loved when he said, you know, you don't worry too much about the technology and all that. Of course, have it there, then whatever you need to have, but just do, you know, just do the transaction. I know you mentioned that the transaction hasn't changed. In essence, it's the same thing. So just go out there and do your job and, and get the best result for your clients. Mm. Mm. Okay, so thank you very much for watching another great episode. Thank you to Rex and Chanel for 
coming along and the melon, of course. And my, the, yeah. the infamous melon. Who maybe will join us on all episodes from now on. <laughs> who knows? And of course, to the fantastic Andy Reid, the professional human. Can't wait to see you again in a couple of weeks' time. Stay tuned for episode three.